You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. The second half has started, and the Oakland Athletics seem to have woken up a little bit, which has to be encouraging for that organization. Let's talk about that. I'm Allison Fitter here with Jane Lee. Uh, Jane, okay, so coming out of the break, so they 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 took two of three from the Blue Jays and two of three from the Astros. So two very very good teams, um, two teams that are right now in wild card con- contention and still in the division race. So, uh, you know, it doesn't matter a whole lot with the A's who are definitely not in contention, but I guess that has to, just from a day-to-day standpoint, be very encouraging for them that they were able to put in a little bit of good baseball together. Yeah, and that's something, I mean, you know, talking about them being out of contention, they obviously don't want to hear that. Um, you know, the guys that are in the clubhouse want to believe that, you know, they can still make a run, and while it might not be really realistic at this point, um, you know, they, they want to put together, you know, a good string of play, and they've got um, this youth movement happening um, the day after the All-Star break ended. Um, they brought up Ryan Healy, who played in the Futures game for them, um, and they kind of came out and said, you know, look, he's going to be our everyday third baseman. Um, and they wanted to also see more of Jake Smolenski in center field, which, which meant to reduce roles for Coco Chris and Danny Valencia, which is probably shocking um, for for people on the outside who have maybe been following the A's a little bit know um, how big of a producer Valencia has been. Um, Chris has sort of kind of resurrected his career this year. But I think at this point it's it's just important for the A's to see what they have in some of the young guys because they realize that at this point the future you know may be more important than the present. Um, and they've got a really good crop of players Um specifically uh, position players coming up. Um, and we've already seen some of the young pitchers come up, guys like Daniel Mingdon, Dylan Overton, um, Sean Manaya, And, you know, I think they're kind of trying to figure out what they have to, to piece together um, here in these next couple of years. So does that mean that we could see the A's being somewhat active at the trade deadline? Um, I know that we're still about a week and a half away, but does it? do you feel like uh, because they want to look at these young guys that maybe some of the guys that are losing playing time, they could be on the chopping block? Yeah, I mean, Valencia could definitely be had. I don't know that there are many suitors out there for him. Um, he's bounced around so much. Um, and, you know, it'll be kind of interesting to see if the A's can get something for him before the trade deadline. Um, I think he would be, you know, a valuable piece for a contending club. But um, as of right now, the interest just isn't really there. Um, and besides him, I mean, Josh Reddick remains um, a trade candidate, a very um, strong trade candidate, as is Rich Hill. But in Rich's situation, I mean, he's he's kind of losing value by the day. Um He's been out with this blister um, that, you know, they thought that he had it before the break, tried to pitch with it, um, didn't work out, made just five pitches. And so they're really trying to be careful so that same thing doesn't happen again. Um, But, you know, as of right now, there's just no timeline for when he's going to be able to um, start again, let alone play catch. And I know, you know, I'm sure for contending teams out there, there's so many of them that have kept an eye on Rich Hill. Uh, you know, they, they probably want to see at least one start from him um, following this blister issue before they make a deal for him. And before this crept up, um, I mean, he was probably the most coveted, you know, pitching option on the market um, just because of his performance 
this point. Um, so probably a bummer for the A's, but um, you know, I think they're hoping to avoid the deal with him and get him back on the mound soon because they know if they can, um, you know, it's probably safe to assume that they would deal him um, unless they were, you know, 100% confident um, offering him a qualifying offer at the end of the year. Yeah, it's interesting with the A's because I see that they have like four games coming up with the Rays. I mean, they could really go on a little bit of a run. And I'm, I'm watching what's happening with the Yankees where like the world is screaming for them to be sellers. And there's like the two people that insist that they're not sellers or like the owner and the president. Um, and, and the Yankees are kind of muddling this whole thing up by winning a few games lately. So now it's like, you know, what if they do get to be a few games over 500? It's just like, it just confuses like the situation and, and they don't know what to do for, for the future. So it's almost, I mean, it's almost good that the A's are like, no, nobody in the organization would agree with me, um, but that the A's are really not anywhere close to being like a borderline bubble team where they can make clear-headed decisions at the trade deadline rather than, you know, like riding some false notion that they might be contenders and then messing things up for the next couple of years. Exactly. I and mean, they were in this exact situation at this time last year. They went on a nice little run out of the break. Um, you know, there were maybe a few people thinking, oh, well, you know, what if? What if they can, you know, stick in it um, and and make a run? But it's not just <clears throat> about them. I mean, you know, players say every, say every day we can only control um, what, what we do here. But at the same time, I mean, it doesn't mean the Rangers – um, and the Mariners and the Astros stop playing. Um, you know, all those other teams, you know, are probably going to stay in it no matter what the A's do. And there's just such a big gap right now that it just seems, um, you know, too hard to overcome. And that's exactly what the A's recognized last year and did what they did, um, you know, dealt um, the, their impending free agents, Scott Casimir, Ben Zobris, Tyler Clippard, um, and, and recognized that the future to them was was more important. And, and in return, they got several good pieces in those deals. Um, and I think we're going to probably see something similar unfold here um, leading up to the trade deadline. Okay, so I just want to ask you about uh, Coco Crisp's um, base running gaff the other night against the Astros. Um, so I'm watching this game, and... He hits the ball, and it—it's—I it, mean, it, it was a very well-hit ball, and it—it sailed it, it pretty quickly to the wall, but it definitely hit the wall. And he went into a home run trot, um, and then consequently uh, got thrown out. But I'm sitting there thinking, there's no way that he thought that was a home run. I thought, well, maybe he thought the game was tied when he got that hit and drove in a run, and that that was like the game-winning run. Um, I mean, he looked to be like he felt like he had like a sheepish look on his face, like he felt kind of silly, but he didn't seem like overly devastated. And I don't want to, you know, pin that on him. I mean, everybody has different ways of like hiding what they're really feeling inside. But how could he have possibly thought that was a home run? I mean, you could almost hear the ball bouncing off the wall. Like, what did he say after? <laughs> I was just perplexed by the whole thing. What, what did he say? Yeah, no, it's it's really confusing. Even now, um, we were still talking about it yesterday. So Coco said he, he thought it was a home run. Um, Bob Melvin said that Coco told him he thought it was a home run. But even watching him, and I watched it so many times, I mean, he it, it looks like he's watching Springer. You know, it looks like he's, he's aware where the ball is, yet all the while he's still kind of doing a little home run trot. And if he thought it was a home run, 
I, I think we would have seen him celebrating, um, you know, maybe right. having a different look on his face, maybe looking toward the dugout, looking toward home plate, looking toward his teammates. But for most of the time, it looked like he was watching the ball. And if he was, then he would have known that it wasn't a home run. Um, so it's it's all really perplexing. I know I think you brought it up, too, on, on Twitter. Maybe he... Um, Maybe he didn't know the score at the time, but even still, <laughs> if he thought Stephen Vogt was the winning run, then he still should have had this this look of, um, you know, celebration um, that the game was over. But he didn't have that, and it, it just it none of it makes sense. None of it really adds up. He just, you know, we can laugh about it now, especially because they they did win the game, and so Coco was able to um, kind of laugh it off and make light of it um obviously a, a really bad base running mistake and he acknowledged that but i still even after hearing him say he thought it was a home run i don't i don't know i mean none of it really makes sense when you look at it right because if you even if he okay thought it was, it was a home run it was definitely a borderline home run it was definitely a ball that was going to be reviewed to prove that it was a home run if that indeed was the case. I mean, it bounced high on the wall. It could have been, it could have gone either way. In those situations, you keep running. Like, you never not run when the ball bounces back onto the field, especially. And if he's watching Springer, Springer's still fetching the ball. Yeah, that's the thing. Is no matter where the ball is, if you're watching Springer, clearly Springer's not running, you know, in um, toward his dugout. Um, he, he's clearly doing something out there. He's not just, you know, running in circles for the sake of it. Um, he was going after the ball. Um, and, and, again, I just think if, if he thought it was a home run, you know, especially a walk-off home run, I mean, most guys automatically, you know, they put their hands up, they're looking toward their dugout. Um, so it's it's still quite perplexing. And um, even Josh Reddick said that there were a few guys in the dugout who thought it was a home run. But even them, I mean, they had to have seen – it eventually, you know, bounce off the wall or, or Springer go after it. So, um, I, <laughs> it's all it's all quite confusing. <laughs> it's one of those things that we may never know the full story, which is fine <laughs> because it's over. But I did like um, I did need to ask you about it. So, okay, thank you very much, Jane. Appreciate it. We will talk to you. We'll catch up with you next week. All right, sounds good. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.